Welcome to the Baller Shorts Podcast. We are taping this on a Thursday night, and Doug, today could have been a glorious day. There were so many trades that the NBA could have and should have made, but you know what? The trade deadline sucked. I don't know if you feel the same way I do, but I was refreshing my Twitter like crazy, had like five screens open, hoping something would go down, and at like 2.45, 15 minutes before the deadline, I'm seeing stuff like, the Thunder carefully considering whether Andre Roberson fits in their long-term cap plans. And I was like, could anything get worse? I did see a tweet that he was seen leaving the GM's office and hugging people. I was like, and then I look at the replies and they're like, wait, he just does that all the time. Like, like that doesn't mean anything. But And it didn't actually mean anything. But yeah, I mean, I was pissed. I didn't have five screens open. I only needed Twitter and it was just on one screen. I was actually doing work on my other screen. But, yeah, oh, man, it was such a letdown. I feel like this happens every year, too. Like, I'm all, like, jacked up, like, especially this year. There's so many big names out there. I didn't think Carmelo would be traded, but I thought maybe Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Boogie was already traded, thankfully. But I thought today was going to be action-packed. And people have been saying that for months it would be, and it wasn't. And I was pissed as a basketball fan. So the team, to me, that I think blew it the most is the Boston Celtics. Yeah. And from reports I've read... And I don't yet have an ear inside the Celtics organization. I am working on that. But Ainge was so focused on making this Paul George thing happen that he sort of didn't pay attention to other possibilities. He wanted the blockbuster and only the blockbuster. But you don't think the Celtics could have maybe snagged Nerland's Noel for what the Mavericks did, which was essentially two second-round picks and a throwaway guy, Justin Anderson. You don't think maybe they caught, could have gotten Bogut from the Mavs, a guy to help them with defense, rebounding, still shot blocking? They still could, but but they could have easily been like, here, here's a late first-round pick, yeah. and maybe the Mavs are doing that. I, I'm just shocked, and maybe there was hope inside the front office that something would get done even at the last moment, and that's why they didn't chase other things. But if, if I'm the Celtics here, I don't know what you think, Doug. you got to turn your assets eventually into to players and, and good players. you got to cash in. Look, the team's clicking right now. They're, in my eyes, the second-best team in the East. But they lose to the Cavs in, in, in a series of seven, I think in five games, maybe six games. I don't see them really having much of a chance if both teams are completely healthy. Of, of getting past the Cavs. I don't think they're built for it. I don't think they have enough rebounding. I don't think they have enough shooting. They do have Isaiah Thomas, who's proven to be a star player. But yeah, I mean, Jay Crowder's a good piece. He's a good guy to have. But Jimmy Butler or Paul George, yeah, you need to pull the trigger. And the, so the last thing I heard with the Paul George stuff, because I think that's where they got the closest today, was the Pacers were asking for the Nets pick, which makes sense. I think you need that back. And then three out of these four guys, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley. Would you have pulled that? No, as one too many. Two of those four I would have done. I agree. Three of those four you can't do. I would have done two of the four, the Nets pick, and another future first. It's hard to keep track of all the picks they have, but I I think you have to overpay for a guy like Paul George. Because they don't hit the market. Right. Because they don't hit the market. Right. So the only thing that I can possibly think of as far as where the Celtics' head is at is maybe they don't believe, even with a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler, 
They don't believe they can actually contend with the Cavs. And you know what? That might be true. If the Cavs are healthy, I still don't think that that Boston core... They're, they're taking him to seven, but LeBron, at least this year, I think, gives the Cavs the edge, especially with how good we've seen Kyrie can be in the playoffs in crunch time. Yeah. So if they think their window is not right now, and maybe they think their window starts two years down the road when yeah. LeBron's a little bit older, maybe the Cavs have started to get a, a, a little less well-oiled than they are now. We've already seen the Cavs have issues keeping the right team around LeBron. Yeah. Uh, and then there's obviously the Warriors on the other side right. of the coast. So maybe they say, hey, no matter what we do right now, we're not challenging the Cavs or the Warriors. So, yes, we're going to have to let Avery Bradley go. Maybe we're going to have to let Marcus Smart go. We can't pay all these guys, but we'll replace them. Maybe yeah. we'll replace them with Markel Fultz, for example. Right. And we'll be in the same position in two years that we are now, only with a more legitimate shot because the other contenders aren't as as grand. Do you yeah. think that's that's what they're thinking? I'm actually with you. So we're eventually going to try to touch on every single team. And we try to do a time. We are going to touch all those teams. We're going to touch these teams appropriately. Always appropriately. Um, but yeah, no, I'm kind of with you. So I, I do think the Celtics were were losers of the trade deadline. One of one one of the teams who could be considered a loser. Um, but I don't think they're as big of losers for not pulling the trade as people might think because of kind of what you said. It's 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 I don't want to get, you know, into hypotheticals and I don't want to speculate, but I think in the back of Danny Ainge's head, he knows that going into next offseason, at the worst, he doesn't make a move, which he did. He's got a top three pick. It's looking like almost a lock to be a top three pick. So he can get one of those stud point guards or he could get Jason Tatum, Josh Jackson. I don't think mathematically the Nets can be anything but the second worst right. or worst team. Right. Mathematically, so right, it's, right. it's a lock. Um, and then I think in the back of his head, he, he's thinking like a guy like Gordon Hayward with the connections of Brad Stevens. If they want him, they can have him. I, I know they'll have the cap room for it. I mean, I think that's a guy who maybe is on their target. He's not Paul George, Jimmy Butler level, but he's not a far cry off. He's an all-star, and he's only going to get better. And he's used to Brad Stevens. A little break for Ben's trivia time here, Doug. Can you name the five starters on that first Butler Final Four team? Oh, my God. Andrew Miller? No, Andrew Miller... Was not one? Was not one. Okay. He was... He was on the team? No, more recent guy. Okay. And... Are you sure? The big guy. That's yeah, the, the big guy. Just, yeah, yeah, no. He, okay. No, no. He, right. he was maybe on the team uh, as a freshman to back up. I don't know. Uh, I can name one more. Shelvin Mack. I feel like they always have a guy named Roosevelt, but I feel like that's on the team currently. <laughs> no, you always think that because they had one guy named Roosevelt, and it felt like he was in the league for Roosevelt's seven years. Not a popular name. Rose- name he's it's not on the team anymore. Presidents. You don't think a basketball player's <laughs> named Roosevelt? Um, I'll go ahead, Ben. Willie Beasley. Okay. Ronald Norad. I remember him. And Matt Shaw. Matt Shaw. Matt Shaw was the big guy. He, he had a terrible head of hair and an awful porn stash. Nice. Um. And you can tell the listeners out there I don't have this up in front of me. It's just out of my brain, which I probably should be devoting to something better. It's on the screen. Well, here's what we're going to do for the rest of this podcast. Do a little winners and losers of the trade deadline. 
We're going to look at the teams that actually made relatively big moves, and then we're going to quickly run through the whole NBA and say which team should have done something, which shouldn't have. I think we can both agree that there were two notable moves today. 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 Yeah. And we'll get back to the boogie trade and some of the other moves made beforehand. Which move do you think is more momentous? That's too big a word. Which move do you think it makes more of a difference? Okay. The Nerlens Noel to Dallas trade. And we don't have to just think for this year, but for the future. Okay. Or the Thunder Bulls swap okay. of Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott yeah. for Cameron Payne plus people. If it's not for this, if it's not just for this year, then I'm going to go with the Nerlens Noel trade. So he's actually been, he's been a 20 PER guy in the limited minutes he's gotten. And I think he's a perfect fit for the Mavs. The Mavs are actually, in terms of the non-contending teams, my biggest winner of the day. Because A, I think they stole Nerlens Noel. I don't know if Philly got nervous that they weren't going to get anything for him. But, I mean, they essentially gave, what, Justin Anderson, who has kind of fallen out of good graces with the team anyway. He has not been getting minutes. He hasn't developed the jump shot. Right. Now, his whole career was predicated on the fact that he would be able to have a consistent jumper. Right. Bogut, who's just dead money at this point because he's no good for a team like Dallas. Um, and that first round heavily protected pick, which is going to turn into two second rounds because it's top 18 protected. And even if the Mavs squeak into the eight seed, which they won't, they're still going to keep that pick. It's not 18 protected. It's not just lottery protected. So I like Nerlens. I think it's a it's it's a point into the future. I think if he plays well, they'll hopefully establish in a relationship. They can re-sign him. But it's a good fit. Him next to Nowitzki, I mean, he gives you everything Dirk doesn't. And then Dirk gives, gives you everything he doesn't. So Rick Carlisle was asked today whether there would be a starting spot for Noel. And he balked. And he said he kind of likes... He likes, right now they're starting Nowitzki and Barnes at the, the five and the four. Okay. And he likes that. Fine. That's but, fine. But I think he sees, obviously, the writing on the wall with Dirk. Yeah. He has maybe one more year after this as a starter. He's going to play one more year, I think. Yeah. And he might not even be as a starter. Barnes has shown himself to be a capable stretch four as a starter. And yeah. it's sometimes matchup dependent, but there are a lot of teams in which he can get away with it. Yeah. Like, you look at the top teams in the West, he can play stretch four against the Rockets. He can play stretch four against the Warriors, because if the Warriors change their whole offense to post Draymond, it ruins everything the Warriors do. He struggles against a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge and against a guy like Blake, but I don't see another team in the West that hurts Harrison Barnes. No, and you can go big if you need to. So so the Barnes-Noel pairing, yeah. maybe they see that for the future. I like that. For sure. I like it. You know, like, if you look at their team, I like what they're doing. They, they dumped Darren Williams, which I think they needed to do. They needed to move on. And besides the fact that they have Dirk, one of the greatest players, one of the better players in NBA history... You could have said greatest. I would have given you greatest. that. Yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to what is he, the sixth all-time? I think he's sixth right points? now. Points? Yeah. So, obviously, Dirk is Dirk, and he should play for as long as he, he can. He's still playing at an NBA level. Leave him alone. But they're going towards the future. I like Noel. Barnes has proven that he can be, you know, a, a volume scorer. Maybe he's not a number one guy. Maybe you have to go out and find that number one guy. He could be volume scorer. I think any team in the league would be happy to have a guy like Wes Matthews, a 3 and D guy. And dare I say... They turn the reins over to Yogi! Kevin... Yogi Ferrell, I think his first name is Kevin. If not, I don't, I don't know, Brian maybe. Um, 
Hey, he's been great. I don't want to, like, I'm not on the Yogi Ferrell Hall of Fame train Your yet. brother's going to be so mad he's, that we haven't invited him on to talk about Yogi. Everyone out there, so he's going to think we're doing terrible, too. But in the games I've watched, he is um, not as bad defensively as I thought he might be because he can get pushed around. He's a small guy, but offensively, he could shoot, he could get to the basket, he could pass. He's he's a point guard. I thought that could be an NBA rotation guy, and he's proven he can even maybe be a starter on Kevin, a bad team. Kevin Dwayne Farrell Jr. Oh, nice. I got it right. Not Brian. By the way, so when you said New Orleans Noel has been a 20 PER guy, I fired up basketball reference just because I was curious. No, you're on. Right on there. Right. But one thing I love about basketball reference is they throw nicknames right underneath actual (laughs) names. You love these nicknames. Well, because they're always nicknames. What is it? Well, he's got two New Orleans Noel, apparently. Okay. One is the eraser. Which, sure, not only right now does his hair look kind of like an eraser, but <laughs> yeah, he also yeah, blocks yeah. a lot of shots. But I like it. I've never heard this, and I like it. The Nerlin Wall. The Nerlin Wall. I don't like it. It's playing on... I understand what it's playing on. <laughs> well, you know, so I didn't get that. I first looked at it, I was like, Nerlin Wall. Because of the way it's spelled, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Nerlin's. So just looking at it without saying it out of my head, I was like, that's a terrible nickname. Oh, man. But now I get it. So... I agree with you wholeheartedly on yeah. that trade. I think Colangelo got fleeced. And from what people were reporting as far as deals on the table for Okafor, they could have gotten a lot more for Okafor than they did get for Noel. And I think things will come out in the next couple of days about what actually went on yeah. in the Sixers Let's front see. office. And I'm, I'm curious to see. Let's see. I think they might have pulled the trigger. At least they got something because Noel, I think, was a restricted free agent after this year. And they weren't going to pay him. And they weren't going to pay him. And they weren't going to get anything from him. So, look, at least they got something. Um, they got picks out of it. So you can't hate them for that. Could they have gotten more? Maybe. But at least they got something. So let's talk Thunder Bulls yeah. a little bit. What do you think? I think it makes the Thunder better. Yeah, definitely. Taj Gibson alongside Steven Adams and Enos Cantor is going to be a nightmare for any front court to try to box out. Yeah. They're already, if not the best rebounding team, one of the top two or three in the league. Yeah. And this only bolsters that. Yep. And Doug McDermott, he was playing in a dysfunctional offense. He was playing in an offense that has... Multiple ball-dominant guys who like to score and uh, shade of Rondo. So, I mean, now he's going to be playing an offense with one ball-dominant guy who likes to score. But you know what that ball-dominant guy also likes to do? He likes to get triple-doubles. Yeah, he likes to pass. I don't think he likes to pass. I think he likes to get triple-doubles, and to get triple-doubles, you have to pass. I think it's a nuance, but I think it's fair. Yeah. And and he's going to stand in the corner, and Anthony Morrow, who's been shooting five or six threes a game, has been terrible. Yeah. And he's going to get those shots. And I don't see why he won't knock him down. He needs to work on his date. But yeah. I, it's worth taking a shot. He's an upgrade over Kyle Sandler. I'm not really sure what the Bulls were doing with that trade. It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense. Because in the limited time that I've watched Cameron Payne, albeit he's been behind Russell Westbrook, to me, he doesn't look like an NBA starter. And how do you make that trade? Definitely not an NBA starter. For I mean, someone who's not a starter. He could be a backup point guard down the line, but it's like... How many point guards are they going to acquire? Like it's like they're like just searching for these point guards. They've acquired just in the past year, off the top of my head, Michael Carter Williams, Rajon Rondo, Jerry and Grant, and now Cameron Payne. So and now not only did they 
trade Doug McDermott away, but he was literally one of two guys who were at least average shooters on that team. Now they really only have Miritich, who they were also trying to trade him. So I don't know the direction the Bulls are going in. If I'm Dwayne Wade, I'm like, get me the F out of here. Um, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm starting to question some things too. But it's kind of like, what direction are you guys going in? If, if you're going to sell assets like Taj, I understand. Doug McDermott has been a capable player for them, especially off the bench. He's scoring off the bench. I don't know. Maybe they didn't love him. But if you're going to start selling those guys off, why not sell other assets like Wade or Robin Lopez off? Maybe you don't have to trade Butler. You can build around Butler. But it just... It, to me, it didn't make sense. And then just to touch on the Thunder, I agree with everything you said. I think it makes them better. And Sabonis, Demontis Sabonis, is secretly been pretty bad for them. <laughs> and by pretty bad, I mean I saw a stat today. He was shooting 44% on threes, albeit low volume, through Christmas. And since Christmas, he's like 7 to 50, which is, if you do the simple math, 14%. So Taj Gibson, no, he can't shoot threes, but he's actually a decent mid-range shooter, so he could stretch the floor a little bit, and it's definitely an upgrade in almost every other ass, every other facet. Don't give up on Sabonis, but Gibson's an upgrade. You know what Sabonis' PER is? Four. 6.6. 6. Yeah, that's not good. 15's the average. <laughs> that might be bottom 10. No, I've seen some like fours and threes in, in, in doing some research. They're out there. All right. So... Give me another Before trade. we move off on this, quickly, Fine. Thunder right now sits 7th in the West. Yep. I can see them potentially getting to the 6th seed. I don't yes. see them climbing past the Jazz, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Warriors. Say they get the 6th seed. But the Jazz, Clippers, and Grizzlies didn't do anything. And the Thunder did. So, you know, that could give – it could spur some momentum. I'm not saying they will pass those teams, but the teams ahead of them, and I'm saying the teams that they could actually maybe catch ahead of them, didn't do anything. The Rockets, the Rockets did, but I think that's too far up. So, say they finish sixth, and they either play... Say they play the Spurs, Rockets, or Clippers. Yeah. Did you think they had a shot against any of those three teams before this trade, and do they have a shot after this trade? Does it actually move the needle in the playoffs? I'm, I'm not sold on the Rockets as a playoff team, as a fan of a team that Mike D'Antoni used to coach. I think you need some semblance of defense... Um, but no, I don't think this makes them better than any of those teams. I think it, it could vault them. You know, look, they have Russell Westbrook in the playoffs. It's proved if you have a superstar, you can have, you can make a competitive series versus anyone, maybe not the Warriors, but I think if, if you're looking at it, the Spurs and the Warriors will be two and one respectively. If, if the Thunder have to play the Rockets or the Clippers, yeah, I think they can make the series. I think part of where they're at is after Kevin Durant left. They need to, one, prove legitimacy to their fans. Because I think there are a lot of upset fans in OKC. A lot of them are upset at Durant, but there is some resentment towards the team and trying to make a move. You know, th this doesn't hamstring them long term, no. and, and it gives them some help. Yeah. And then also keep Russell Westbrook happy, because at this point you have to. Before we get to every team in the league, quickly, biggest winner, biggest loser of the deadline. All right, so I gave you my biggest non-contender winner in the Mavs. Um, if I'm going with contenders, i got to go the Raptors. I think they stole Surge, which we can get into, and I think they got a good deal for P.J. Tucker. 
who essentially will replace the always injured Damari Carroll. Um, but those were two big needs for them, and they really didn't give up too much. They gave up Selinger, who I don't even think he's played yet, and if he has, he's been inconsequential in two seconds for PJ. And they gave up a very low first-round pick and, and a replaceable Terrence Ross off the bench for Serge. So I, I like their starting five. Don't think it gets them past the Cavs, but I think healthy, it get, keeps them competitive with the Celtics. Ready for my winner? Yeah. TNT. Ah, I knew you were going they there. They signed Chris Bosh yeah. today. And it's sad that Chris Bosh probably won't see another minute on a basketball court again. Very sad. But he is a fantastic personality. And in a day of slow moves on the court, Chris Bosh off the court is making TNT. They're already the champion. Yeah. Just... Deepening their roster, so I'm going TNT. Biggest loser. This is going to spur a conversation. I'm not. I will remove my bias and not say the New York Knicks because they didn't actually do anything. So I can't really call them losers, even though they were losers before and will remain losers. But they're no more losers than they were a few <laughs> hours ago. The biggest loser has to be the Kings. I've gone back and forth on the the Kings trade. I think it was a bad trade. And yet, I think it was a necessary trade. Necessary, yes. But Vladi Divac has all but come out and said, I had two trades presented <laughs> to my owner. One was a little bit better, but he wanted this one because he's obsessed with Buddy Heald and thinks he could be the next step grade. I love Buddy. I loved him at Oklahoma. He's had a tough go so far in the NBA. I don't want to give up on him. But even in the peak of his him taking Oklahoma to the Final Four, if I told you, hey, in a few months, he's going to be the centerpiece to Marcus Cousins' trade, you you would have laughed. I would have laughed. I would have laughed. You have an owner who's calling the shots right now, who chose this trade because he thinks Buddy Heald will be the next Steph Curry, and went on record and said, we want to become the Spurs, but more fun. What? Here, here's the reason I'm a little speechless. In, in terms of I don't exactly know what to say. The ownership and the management is just so bad that I almost take them out of consideration for making a bad trade. The team has no direction. No one has any idea what they're doing. They have a bunch of weird players that don't fit together. There are maybe four or five NBA players on the entire roster. Yeah. And, yeah, so they're losers, but, like, I don't know, maybe maybe this is a situation of you had a house that was breaking down and you needed a new house or you needed to fix up this house and, and, and you were so stuck and I don't know what to do with my situation that you just light the house on fire and burn it down and take a couple things out of it. Maybe get a little bit of insurance money. It's a stupid plan, but maybe you had to do it. I, I don't know. I, they but, needed uh, to make the trade. I'm not mad at them for making the trade, but like Vladdy was like, I had a better offer two days ago. Yeah. I don't believe it. I do. I, I think teams get more desperate as you get towards the trade deadline and start offering more or start trying to meet the team's needs. So I don't know if I necessarily get it. Like, I don't even know if he approached the Celtics or teams like or the Sixers, teams like with a lot of assets that maybe they could have gotten a legitimate piece back for. I mean, could the Celtics, have, if they were offering that pick for Paul George and multiple players – they might have offered the pick, maybe not as many players for, for Boogie, because he's not 
as much of a need as Paul George, but it's just, oh, like you said, like bad management. It really, it's grinding my gears lately. Oh, grinding my gears. Yeah, it's grinding my gears. You don't say that very often. I stole it from Family Guy. Grinding my gears was a more relevant phrase when automatic transmissions were less common. You're getting literal. I think so. I'm just thinking about it. You're getting literal. You know who my big loser is? Who's your big loser? Roy Roy Hibbert. (laughs) Roy Hibbert. He got traded again today, didn't he? Yeah, but here's why. You know what he got traded for? A protected second round pick. You hate these. I I just need to go look in the history of the NBA. There's a lot more of these trades that happen. Protected second round pick? Heavily protected. Yeah, it's a common thing. I know, but how the mighty have fallen. Oh, yeah. You know what teams he even on now? Roy Hibbert was, he was traded. On Milwaukee. He went to Denver. Denver Nuggets. Denver for a heavily protected future second round pick. It's just embarrassing. Okay, let's run through the teams. Let's go. Should but, we start at the top? But first, a little break Uh-oh. for our newest sponsor, M and M's. We have a huge bucket of M and M's in front of us. And no, we-, we don't. This thing is like a six ounce cup. A huge bucket, eight ounce cup. As Ben pointed out to me. So, yeah, it's been sitting here. And, like, we were munching on it before. But they make a lot of noises. You can hear Ben eating them right now. And, like, we've been staring at them. And I took one and tried to not make any noise. Sorry if you heard me. I ate one. It was orange. Now, Ben. M&M's. If you want to sponsor our podcast, you're going to have to talk to our people. we got a lot of people chomping at the butt. All right, we're going to quickly run through the league. Let's Eastern go. Conference or Western Conference first. Let's go. Start with the East. Okay. The and we're going to go in order. Of the the records, the teams. Go, Cavs. Cavs. I think they're winners because they wound up with Darren Williams for nothing. He's a, he's a perfect backup point guard for them. Totally capable. It makes sense that he signed with the Cavs. He didn't sign yet. He's you know, going to. waivers, but he's going to. Apparently, teams like the Jazz have been told he's going to. But we'll see. Maybe he won't. Maybe we'll wake up and he's a Jazz. Wait, is that what you say? He's a Jazz? It's one of those weird teams. Like, he's a Magic. He's a Thunder. He, he wakes up and he plays jazz? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He's Maybe. a member of the jazz? Maybe. You have to say, yeah, he's a jazz. He's a jazz? With he's one a, Z? He's a jazz? He's a one Z. He's no, a it's jazz. one Z. Okay. He's a, All right, Celtics. He's a magi. We've talked about Celtics a lot. You think they're winners or losers? Losers. Do, do something, especially because your fans want you to do something. And there were easy moves to make that yep. would have made them at least slightly better and a little bit more interesting in the playoffs. And I think you touched on them. They might land Bogut. If they land Bogut, then they're lucky and they win. You know who really wants Bogut? My roommate, Aaron. Analytics Aaron. He loves him. He's done all the analytics on him. The Cavs. Oh, the Cavs. Yeah, and them too. It would also make sense for the Cavs. But, yeah, that remains to be seen. Wizards. Losers. Absolute losers. Why? Lou Williams was the perfect piece for... That's exactly what I have here. For the team... They needed a backup point guard. I think they have the worst bench of any playoff team in the league. You don't like Tomas Sotoransky? I like his name. It's the second podcast I've been able to say his name. <laughs> but for what Houston gave up, the Wiz should have 100% given up the Agreed. same thing. Agreed. And they needed him, and they should have made a play sooner. Everyone knew Lou Williams was a candidate to get moved. If you're the GM there, especially an embattled GM like Ernie Grunfeld is, you, you make it happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, they gave up some... What did they give up for... For Bogdanovich, was it a first-rounder? I have it right here. It was a... It was a first-rounder. So they basically gave up the same thing for Bogdanovich. 
they did get Chris McCullough back, who, you know, whatever you think of him, he was a first-rounder a few years ago. He was drafted after blowing out his knee, and we haven't seen him play a meaningful minute in right. the NBA. You can't weigh in Fine. on him. Fine. Um, I'm with you. They needed a point guard. But they did need bench scoring, and they got bench scoring. I think they're going to have to be smarter staggering their minutes between Wall and Beal because Trey Burke has proven to be, I think, a drain on this team, if anything. But they got bench scoring, so I'm a little more neutral than you are. I'm not ready to call them losers. So, especially given the fact that they're sitting third, Celtics did nothing. The Cavs did do a little bit. I don't think they're chasing the Cavs necessarily, but they could catch the Celtics. They're playing real well. Raptors. Winners. Winners. Talked about them. Yep. I don't think Serge is quite as good a fit as Millsap would have been, because I don't think Serge is quite as good a player. But apparently Millsap was unavailable. and He is very unavailable. You have to admire their gumption. For going and making trades happen. And you know what? They were, I think, the winner in both of the trades. Like, I think they gave up less value than they got. Which, oh, usually, sure. which usually doesn't happen when you receive the, the players, the primarily players usually in the trade. Overpay. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm just happy they didn't fleece the Knicks for anything. <laughs> you know what's kind of funny? Ujiri does that. Jared Sullinger, for a while, was discussed as, like, a big signing in the offseason. The last key to the Raptors. Yeah. And he, I read somewhere, someone said it, forget, can't give credit to the person because I don't remember who it was. Solinger seems very destined for a nice stint in Europe next year. All right, let's keep going. The Hawks. Hawks. So, the Hawks. Want to hear what I wrote? They, yeah. I said, Hawks, in terms of winners or losers, I wrote neutral. My analysis, good try, good effort. (laughs) Good try, good effort, good try. They tried, they tried to get Paul, they made apparently... Offers for Paul George, Jimmy Butler didn't work out. They tried. You know what? Ilyasova's a fine piece. Yeah. He's been slightly above average everywhere he's been. He was good for the Sixers. Stretch four off the bench. I mean, the Sixers kept him for a little bit. They didn't just buy him out. I mean, he's a good player. And anytime you can get cash, cash, as they got from Mike Scott. Oh, they got that cash? They got that cash straight from Mike Scott in a protected second-round pick. They also got a second. Heavily protected. Dude, someone told me I could give up a guy with the most generic name in the league, Mike Scott. Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Did you watch The Office? Of course. No. Well, enough of The Office. Yeah. That's that's a Steve Carell's character. Yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. Scott. Did uh, Dunder Mifflin ever trade him for cash consider- cash considerations in a second-round sure pick? They definitely would have. They definitely would have. Dwight would have in a heartbeat. Pacers. I say losers. Pretty big losers. Let me tell you why. They were clearly shopping Paul George. I don't think they were shopping his, him as much as they were receiving calls. Whatever. His name came up a lot. That, and that's because of his contract situation. I think Larry Bird tried to quell the rumors early on and then just had to take the call. Say what you will. Say what you will about that. At 3.05, 3.10, a few minutes after the trade deadline, I start seeing tweets from beat writers and reporters saying Paul George is hell-bent on going to the Lakers in 2018. So say what you will, whatever you think, whether Larry Bird was receiving the calls or making the calls. Paul George clearly was talking about his future to someone and probably was getting a little upset. He did say if Indiana's title contender then he would you know, consider saying they're not going to be a title contender next year. No, they should have traded him. And oh, this would have been perfect. The new GM of the Lakers, which we didn't even get to touch on, 
your boy, Magic Johnson, not the GM, sorry, the VP of operations, the new Phil Jackson of the Lakers, um, potentially Jeannie Buss' new boyfriend, too. It's in play. It's in play. Um, He was making calls about Paul George. He loves Paul George. A bird magic trade would have been epic. It would have been epic. But I think, getting back to the Pacers real quick, they needed to make a trade. I think they needed to trade him. They're going to lose him for nothing. And doubly loser for them is, for the past week, they had been saying, we're not going to trade Paul George. We are going to get him help. Yeah. They got him nothing. They got him nothing. They could have had two of those four Celtics guys that we mentioned. Not three, but two. And potentially the first pick of the draft. Who could turn out to be as good of a player as Paul George? Of course it's a gamble. You never know. But you you were lent on needing three of those four players at the last second. You say, fine, I'll take two. You pick your two and make that trade happen. 100%. 100%. Bulls. We touched on the Bulls. Losers. We have no idea what they're doing. Losers. Losers. Pistons. Pistons were weird to me. Not, I don't like their team. It was weird when it came out a couple days ago that they were shopping Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond. And KCP. That's true. but Who's their best piece, I think, at this point? He's their best piece, but Reggie not their Drummond. best player. Yeah. No, right. I agree. But when a team says we're shopping our two best players, a team that just last year had hopes of becoming an elite in their conference, yeah. I mean, it's a huge admittal, admittance? Admittal. Admission. A huge admission of failure. It is an admittal of failure. Yeah. <laughs> by, by Stan Van. By Stan Van Gundios. No, not again. For those of you who missed the not first again. podcast. No. For those, and the subsequent two or three after. For, for those of you who missed those early podcasts, thank you for joining uh, our <laughs> fan base since then. But I firmly believe, this is Ben speaking, that Stan Van Gundy... Thank you for clarifying. That Stan Van Gundy would make the best mascot of a children's cereal. Stan Van Gundy's, you have a squat little frame, excellent mustache peeking out at you from a little cookie, dipped in milk. I hate talking about the Pistons. Onwards. Yeah. <laughs> the Pistons... I said neutral because I don't know what they're doing. Probably more losers than winners, but they... Sh- I guess, yeah. Every Their whole team was on the trade block. They should have traded someone just to at least make it look like they're trying to do go forward for the future. Last thing I'm going to say about them. What's strange is that their players seem to have less value than they should. Like, based on what they did last year, and based so 10 months ago, Andre Drummond was talked about in the same breath as DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, some of the other, Hassan Whiteside, great young centers. He still is a great young center. But people don't value him that way. Like, I guarantee you, if Hassan Whiteside, I'm not talking stats-wise, if Hassan Whiteside was on the trading block with the Heat said he wasn't, I think you hear a lot more. There's more interest. There's more intrigue. There's more rumors. There's more speculation. Drummond's on the wrong team. I think if you trade Drummond for Whiteside, if they, not actually, but like if they just traded places and Drummond was on a team like the Heat, I think he would be potentially better than than Whiteside is. If he was on the Clippers instead of DeAndre Jordan, I think he would be better than DeAndre Jordan. He is not a proven scorer. I don't know if he's really... You can give him the ball in the post more than you can give DeAndre, but I don't think he should be anything more than your third option offensively. I agree. But but knowing that, I would have expected to him, for him to have more value. I would have expected teams to reach out. Yeah. 
I don't know if anyone really, none of the contenders really needed someone like that and were willing to spend that price, I think. If you were the Celtics, would you have given up, say, the Clippers' first-round pick and Terry Rozier for Andre Drummond? Yeah, but you don't take that if you're the Pistons. Do you take the Clippers' two, uh, a first-round pick this year, another first-round pick a couple years from now, not their best ones, and Olenek and Rozier? No. Okay, interesting. Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks sit ninth in the Eastern Conference at 25 and 30. I like their team. I say winners because they had a good trade to dump Plumley and clear up cap space. That was a bad contract. They got rid of him. Boom. They had Hibbert for a minute. He's out. <laughs> I, I they like might their, get a juicy second round pick could, out of it. Could they have tried to trade Greg Monroe? Sure, but he's actually been playing well for them. I, I There was no market for him. It's been proven yeah. over the last year and a half. And they, they're just, they've had terrible luck. I yeah. think that team with a healthy Middleton, Jabari, and Antonio. They had like two games with those three together, you know, because Middleton came back, Parker was tore his ACL two days later, something like that. I like, look, you march out a lineup of those three Parker, Greek Freak, and Chris. And Chris with Greg Monroe or John Henson or whoever you want to throw in at center, whichever one of those guys. And. Delvadova or You're a couple Snell. pieces away, yeah. but you've got some flexibility to do stuff. In the East, I think they can make moves. So I said they were winners for not doing much. Miami Heat. I said winners for not doing much. They have good mojo right now. Why break it up? Yeah, they have good mojo and a lot of young guys. And and a lot of injuries with the young guys. And a guys. lot of injuries with the young guys. They don't really have, you know, in turn, look, they have the Chris Bosh situation, which hopefully will clear itself up at some point, but... You know, they have a lot of money committed to Whiteside, but after that, they're young. And I think they'll have look, Pat Riley has proven to be a good recruiter. He could he could pull some people in. Dragic has worked on this team. I think he relented on your trade Dragic rants. Yeah, well I thought I thought early in the season tanking was the way to go. But the Dragic Whiteside combo has seemed to work out better than expected. I think they have too many pieces on the wing, and maybe we'll see some action in the offseason or next year. Tyler Johnson, Dion Waiters, who apparently is a valuable player Resilient. now. I thought you said... Renaissance, Bra- Renaissance. Yeah. I meant Renaissance. You said Brazilian. I thought you said Brazilian. Brazilian! Like, <laughs> um, Josh Richardson, they have... <laughs> Doug's crunching on. I mean, on. They, they have too many guys that they're not sure about on the wing. Rodney Magruder maybe is a capable player. Who is Rodney Magruder? He was a great scorer for Kansas State. I need that answered. Thank you. I guess you answered it. And every time I hear Magruder, I think of MacGyver. And yeah. I like want him to like turn the ball into a time bomb or Look, something. Look, if Chris Bosh was healthy, I think this team would have been like the fourth or fifth seed. I mean, they're starting Luke Babbitt at power 100%. forward. And, and, oh. and they are where they are. Okay. Let's keep moving. The Hornets. Losers. Losers. They should be better than they are. They did nothing to upgrade. I liked their team last year, and I thought they they should have been better this year. And they, they, they started well, but I thought they should have been buyers despite the fact that they are where they are in the standings, but... The problem is they, they don't have a, they don't have a lot to give up. They traded for Plumlee. I don't understand. I didn't understand that. They don't have young guys that anyone wants. Right. All the young guys are like, eh. Like... Oh, do you want Cody Zeller? Cody Zeller, when he's been healthy, 
has made this team a lot better. But if better. I asked you if you wanted Cody Zeller, what would you say? Eh. Depends what team I would eh. Or like our, our intramural team. Do you want MK? I'll take of our intramural yeah. team. We need some size. MKG. Eh. Yeah, I'm eh on him. Give me some other guys. I'm going to say eh to all of them except Kemba. You know? Yeah, they're not trading Kemba. The, the Knicks. The Knicks. Hey, they thought they thought Rosesworth Rubio plus some. I, I was surprised Phil Jackson even knew it was deadline day. I still haven't seen proof that he did know it was deadline day. You want to move on to the Sixers? All I wrote for the Knicks was losers because that's what they are. They're losers. Look, I don't know what happened. There's reports saying that the the proposed rose for Rubio trade fell through because the Knicks wanted Bialika just to make them even more European. Um, well, he's a good player, but there's you know people were saying that's the reason why the trade fell through. There was more sensible rumors, at least to to me, that the trade fell through because the the T Wolves didn't want a rental of Rose. But look, it's clear that. It's clear that the Knicks don't want to re-sign Rose, and it's clear that the T-Wolves eventually want to hand the, the reins over to Chris Dunn. So the trade fell through. I thought it was smart for the Suns to let it go through, but if it was because we didn't get Bialika that this trade didn't go through, I would have been pissed. I would have been pissed. Oh, the Knicks. I mean, part of me thinks that... We should have traded Courtney Lee, Brandon Jennings, Kyle Quinn. I, I like those three players, but like, just get assets. Give yeah. up. You need draft picks. Yes, and, and the worse we are, the higher draft pick we'll get. Most likely. I'm with you. You have enough angst about the Knicks. I don't need to pile on. The Sixers. I thought the Sixers got absolutely fleeced for Noel. We touched on that earlier. Yeah. You know, they did a couple other typical hicky things. Yeah. Despite saying the process is over, they f- did some subtle flipping of uh, yeah, they got pieces they got for picks. some late Look, picks. They got picks. And I guess when it comes down to it, like, you know who you're building around if you're a Sixer, if you're the Sixers team. So they have one less big now. I mean, they can't play Okafor and Embiid at the same time, but at least they have one less big to worry about getting minutes with with Noel being gone. But they should have traded Okafor. I mean, he literally didn't go on a road trip a few weeks ago because they said (laughs) they were in advanced talks to trade him. I think it was to New Orleans, who since have made a move, which we'll get to. Um, but we did get to, I should say. But we will also get to it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look, they got picks. They got people. You know, I think if I was a Philly fan, I'd start to kind of wiggle around and say, do the Colangelos have a good grasp on what they're doing? Like, isn't this just more hanky stuff? But, you know, hopefully this offseason for them, they'll put it together. They'll get a high draft pick and, and maybe lure some actual legitimate NBA free agents onto their team. Yeah. The magic. Oh. You know what? Oh. A few few days ago, I tweeted that the Kings were by far the worst run franchise in the NBA. And then I look at the magic, and I think, you know what? The Kings have a run for their money. I mean, if you look at the trade they made to get Serge Ibaka, they traded Oladipo. And I think what wound up being like the 11th, the 10th, 11th, 12th mm-hmm. pick, something. That turned into Sabonis. That turned into Sabonis. And it's 6.6 PER. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> But you know what? That pick could have been someone else if the Magic were drafting. Sure. It's a valuable pick. 
So they traded those two to get Surge, and now after a half season of Surge and being the second worst team in the East, they traded Surge for what's going to be like a very low pick in the late, the mid to late twenties in Terrence Ross. So they traded Vic Oladipo and the eleventh ish pick for the twenty fifth ish pick in Terrence Ross. So they got. They gave up two good assets for two worse assets. It's terrible. It's, it's just terrible. And they didn't get any better in the process. And but yet, Serge didn't fit, to be fair. No, he didn't fit. But, I mean, it just goes back to, like we were saying with the Kings, like we were saying a little bit with the Bulls, what every team deserves is a plan. Right? And at least a well-articulated plan. Here is what we are trying to do. Sam Hinkie said it for the Sixers. We are going to be bad, but here is how we are going to get good. Yeah. Nets. Winners. Winners. They did stuff. They got young guys. They got some draft Sean picks. Sean Marks inherited potentially one of the worst situations a GM has ever stepped into in terms of the lack of picks and the awful team and a new coach who I think I think could be a good coach, Atkinson. But regardless, I, look, they got picks for Bogdanovich. They, they held on to Lopez for like the – Million straight year. How upset do you think Brook Lopez is with his NBA career? Or he likes Brooklyn. You never know. Um, He's the Lopez guys are kind of artsy. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, but look, they got young. They got like KJ McDaniel's, who's a young guy who hasn't gotten minutes in the NBA really, but potentially could be a rotation guy if he proves himself. They got some picks, low first round, second round of picks. Hey, that's that's the best you could hope for. At this point, when you're the Nets, you gamble on talent and you hope. Something hits. You hope you get Jimmy Butler or Draymond Green at the end of the first round. All right, let's 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 run through the West. Through the West, Warriors neutral. They, Not, didn't, do, they didn't have to do anything. Nothing to be done. Spurs neutral. They didn't have to do anything. Same. Rockets. I like what they did. They doubled down on their up tempo system and they went for Lou. They're going to be just as bad defensively as they were before, but off the bench now they have Lou and Eric Gordon. They're, I mean, they can score with anyone. And, and if you score more points than the other team, you win basketball games. They already could score with anyone, and now they probably have the most dynamic off-the-bench backcourt duo in the history of the NBA. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say it, as far as two guys. Yeah. You know who would take exception to that that statement? Who? Austin Rivers. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I'm happy they didn't trade Beverly either. There were rumors out there that they were going to do like Beverly for Shumpert, and I don't. I didn't see the point in that. No, me neither. Right, let's keep going. Clips. Losers. They needed some some scoring on the wing, specifically a small forward. They still don't have a good small forward. If I'm the Clippers, do I gamble on a guy like KJ McDaniels? Maybe. Like they're they're just so low on athleticism on yeah. the wing. But they do get Chris Paul back, <laughs> which is a good thing, obviously. Agreed. So, you know, like the, they they were playing very very well in the beginning of the season. Maybe they can recapture that. And that's what I mean. That's what they're hoping on. Yeah. The Jazz. Didn't do anything. I say losers because I think the Thunder, who are two spots underneath them, did might have done enough to catch up to them. But that's just me. I think the Jazz like their team. I think the Jazz are something like 19-4 and four when Hill, Hayward, yeah, yeah. and Gobert all play but together. Hill was just, his injury, like, the, there was rumors that Darren, the Jazz wanted Darren. And that just kind of shows you, not that what they think of Hill. They like Hill. I know they like Hill. But he just clearly hasn't been healthy, and they don't have confidence in his health. Grizzlies. Didn't do anything. Thought they could have, maybe. You know, I think they could have went for more scoring on the wing like they could always use, but 
I called them losers also because I think the Thunder might have done enough to overtake them. But they're the Grizzlies, and that's their team. I feel like that's who they are. They are who they are. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. Like, the Lou Williams type or the Bogdanovich type, those are guys that I think would help the Grizzlies and yet are so far from their identity that maybe they wouldn't even consider it. I agree. I mean, if they're content with making the second round or coming close, then sure. The problem with their identity is it's not good enough to actually win. Right. They're also the same position the Mavs were the last few years, waiting on Chandler Parsons to get healthy, which we don't know if he will, but he could hypothetically provide a boost when healthy. All right, Thunder, we touched on them. I think they were winners. You, I think, agree with us. Agreed. I don't know who us is. But you, the royal us. The royal us. The Nuggets. Nuggets. Go. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm back and forth. I, I guess they had to get rid of Nurkic, but I don't love whichever Plumlee that is. I Mason, can't, the, the good one. The good one, but I don't remember what his first name is. Mason. Yeah, the, the blonde one. He's the blonde, very, this blonde Plumlee. They have the. They have two of the best passing. They have the best passing big man in the NBA in Jokic, who has since surpassed Marcus All, and another very good, very good passing big man in Plumlee, who I think gives you a little more defense. Nurkic and Jokic were not playable together. And I don't think Jokic and Plumlee really are either. In More the, so than, than Jokic and Nurkic. Yeah, That's but, hard to say. But Jokic the league, the way it's constructed now, you play one of those guys at a time. But because they flipped, I guess, Nurkic, Nurkic for a pick as well, yeah. I, I think they're winners there. Well, no. They traded a first-round pick away. So Wait. That, that brings us, let's skip the Kings for a sec. We'll go to the Trailblazers. Hold on, hold on, hold the on. The Trailblazers got Nurkic in a first-round pick for Plumlee in a second-round pick. Right, okay. Let's... I think the Trailblazers are winners. I, I like what they did. They did help a team that they're hypothetically chasing for a playoff spot, but they got a first-round pick out of it in a, in, a, in a great draft, and I do think that they can take advantage of that, and that can prove to be the winning piece. I like Plumlee I more than Nurkic, even though Nurkic, tech checked the stat line, played well tonight. I like Nurkic and Plumlee equal. For some reason, I had it totally swapped in my mind. Yeah, yeah, And I had the Nuggets getting the first-round pick. Right. So I, I think the Blazers win that trade. I think they win that trade, but I do think they made the Nuggets better. And by the Nuggets being better, that could A, take away a playoff spot and be less in the draft pick that they wind up getting for it. All right, the Kings were in the middle of the Nuggets and the Blazers. I think we touched on them. I think they're uh, some of the bigger, probably the biggest loser in the West. Yeah, we talked about that trade. Pelicans. We haven't talked but about that. But you know what? The Kings, at least there's some sort of fresh start. And and, and let's reserve judgment. Pelicans. I Obviously winners, but they do have some roster building to do because they literally don't have a shooting guard once you count each one more um and they don't have shooting in general really davis and cousins are the two are are dynamic and i think they could play together in today's nba i I don't think there's any defensive or offensive issues i think that could be extremely dynamic and i love that they didn't trade drew holiday i'm okay with them trading tyreek but they traded away all their other shooting guards at the time of this taping, there's one minute left in the Houston Rockets-New Orleans Pelicans game. Yeah. The score is 126 to 96, the Rockets. Yeah, I mean... Cousins and Davis, between the two of them, have 56 points. The rest of the New Orleans Pelicans have yeah. 
40 points. They're going to need to get creative on the waiver wire. They've got 23 rebounds between the two of them. The rest of the team, 22 rebounds. Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins, 27 points, 14 boards, 5 assists, 5 steals, 4 blocks. Why are you so surprised? And another loss. Why are you so surprised? The 5 steals, 4 blocks, 5 assists. Yeah. That's a line. Hey, I think it'll work. Might not see the dividends as early as we hope. Look, they've had like two practices together, Davis and Cousins, and one was an all-star practice. That's so, a good point. Give them time. All Mavericks. Right. Talked a lot about the Mavericks. We like where that team is going. T-Wolves. I actually have a thought for you. Losers. I think they should have made the Rose trade. Ugh. Here's why. I would love for that to happen. Go on. Here's why. Ricky Rubio is not the point guard on a winning Timberwolves team. We know that at this point. They think Chris Dunn is the point guard of the future. Mm-hmm. They've said it. You know what the little snag in that plan is? The fact that Ricky Rubio is still on the books for 14 plus million for the next two years. Yeah, but that's a tradable contract. So why not do it now? And don't re-sign Rose and just go with it. Lost season. Why? Why give why give why not actually try to get assets for it? Like, returnable assets for it. So then maybe they should have tried more this year. Why wasn't... I why, agree with you. You know? Do it now. I don't now. think Chris Dunn is ready from what I've seen. I don't. I think that team would have been a disaster with Chris Dunn They're starting. a disaster right now. Fair. They're 22-35. and 35. They're 13th. This was a team that some people it's projected Tim's, to win. It's his first year, though. Exactly. Yeah, so let, let... I mean, like... He's Dunn got, grow you know. into the role. I'm, I'm not a believer in the, the philosophy that... NBA guys get worse from playing too early. Like, I think that's a thing with like NFL quarterbacks. You get rattled. Yeah. You get nervous in the pocket. But these guys who hoop, you just go out and hoop, and sometimes you get advantage taken of you, but then but you get better. So yeah. I think you, maybe you find a way Fine. to move Rubio. You are right that they could do it next year. They don't need to do it now. No point in shaking it off. But maybe you cut bait with Rose right away, and you just say... This is the future. Fine. For the record, I think they're winners, but moving on. All right, we're flipping the last two. Suns, I think they're winners for shedding money. Do you care to even talk about the Suns? No. Let's end it on the Lakers! Lake Show. So first, quick, non-trade deadline news. Well, kind of non-trade deadline. Magic, you happy? Yes and no. Mitch Kupchak did great teams things for this team. Okay, so Jim Buss... Sucked. Sucked. Yeah. And so people are hailing Magic is better than Jim Buss. But better is not the goal. Good is the goal. Right. At the least, though. Look at the least. Magic is charismatic, personable, and a proven leader of businesses, right? A leader of businesses. He can lure. I mean, if you if he steps into a 25-year-old's house trying to lure him in free agency... The 25-year-old is most likely awestruck that Magic Johnson came to his house. You know what I mean? Here's what I hope. Here's what I hope. Because over the past 10-plus years of seeing him comment on the NBA, analyze it, if you will, from his perch in front of the TV screen, he doesn't really have an actual intelligent, incisive thought about what's going on. That, he could, speaks, be, that could just be him on TV. He might not be able to verbalize what he's thinking. So that's my hope. He's charming, like you said. Yeah. Uh, he's charismatic. He spits cliches and platitudes. Sounds just like me. And 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 
he's perfectly fine on TV if you want to have style and no substance. Yeah. So I'm just hoping the substance lies beneath the surface for him. What about the hiring of uh, Polinka? Rob Polinka. Yeah. Who I didn't realize was a member of the Fab Five Michigan team. He wasn't one of the Fab Five, but he was on that team. He was. Super agent, clearly a smart guy. Relationships. He's got relationships. He's got relationships. But does he have the 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 nitty gritty salary cap savvy? I mean, you could hire people for that. But it's interesting to go straight from being an agent to a GM right away. One thing that they did was they hired two very successful human beings. Yeah. In areas where they needed their own intelligence and moxie to be successful. Yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm not I'm not confident, but I'm hopeful. And one thing they got going for them is they're the Lakers. They got the history. They're in LA, which I've heard is a nice city. You should visit some to reside in. Um, and I think the winners at the deadline. Yes. Lastly, but not least. I mean I'm, Lou Williams was the move. Having a great having a great year, but obviously not in the long term plans for them. I think Luke Williams Luke Williams. I think Luke Walton. Walton, Lou Williams, Luke Walton. You saw where I got that mixed up. Yeah. I think Luke Walton was brilliant. I think Luke Walton this whole year has been secretly finding ways to tank. I think I think he's managed. I don't know if he's been finding ways to tank, but I think he's been he's been willing to do things like sub out the whole five after two bad minutes and bring in a new five. Which, you know, wouldn't bode well for winning basketball games, but I think he's got free reign to do things like that. Agreed. I, I agree with you. But but I, I think he's... Luke is smart. People know it. And he realized early on that this team was good, I think, and maybe he could have made a little bit of noise, not in the playoffs, but in the regular season, had a 10-10 start. And then he started doing some odd things. He, he started running a lot of sets for Nick Young in crunch time. Yes. And I think he realized, you know what, let's instill some hope in the fan base. Then let's lose enough games so we don't get rid of our top three yeah. pick. And, and, and Lou, getting rid of Lou Williams is what's necessary to ensure us a spot, us, the Lakers, in the bottom three and hold that on to the pick. That doesn't ensure anything. I think it does. I think it does. It doesn't. If a team jumps, if you're the third worst team in a team, in a team the fifth worst team winds up with the first pick. You might get bumped out. It doesn't no, I know. I Look, know. I, all I'm saying, and I don't want to frazzle you any more than you are right now because your hair is like out of control, but your hope, the Lakers' hope right now really rests in getting a top three pick, in this draft especially. I don't remember such a highly heralded draft with with um, a protected pick like this that could be, you know, really franchise make or break. Because imagine, you could get Paul George in 2018. Could you pair him with a Markel Fultz or Lonzo, Lonzo Ball or a Jason Tatum? Maybe we could. Maybe. And I think let's leave it at that. Let's leave it. Remember, subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher. My name's Doug. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Rhymes with Bug. At Ben Titlebaum on Twitter. That's Tennessee Dick. What? That's what I should change my handle to. My Twitter handle to. Past Tense Dick. That's good. Do you, what's your Twitter handle now? Uh, Doug Kralstein is my first name and my last name. Past sense of dig. It's taken. By a guy named Doug. No! I like this guy. And then someone else has past sense of dig underscore, and then another guy has past sense of dig nine. I need a new social media platform. I need to be the, the first to market on it from from the Doug contingency. Um, you...
Cincinnati's Finest is still available no, as it's a Twitter not. handle. No, yeah, it's not. It's available. Get it. Lock it up. I don't think it's – if it hasn't been locked up by now, I don't think it's going anywhere. Oh, man. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace.